Hello, all my littles and my bigs. It's Barbara Jarbeck here with the marvel of my ordinary life. This is episode number 30, wall. Holy moly. How did that even happen? 30 stories in. Here we go. Here is episode 30. I can talk. Can you fly? Who would have said that? Uh Uh-huh. Who do you think? Well, here you go. Once upon a time, there was a little girl named Barbara. Yeah, you know her by now. That would be me. She had a sister named Nancy, best sister ever, and who else? Mm -hmm. King of the Rascals, Johnny. Out of the three of us and all the animals that we managed to collect, meaning dogs, cats, horses, ducks, deers, snakes, alligators, chickens, all of that, out of all of those animals, we didn't have a bird. Everybody needs to have a bird. Aunt Maud, famous for giving us turtles, Aunt Maud decided Barbara should have a bird. And you know, you all, I was thinking about this. This was after Nancy got a horse from her for Christmas. Nancy was 10, so that made me, what, eight years old? Nancy got a horse, and I got a parakeet, (laughs) which I shouldn't complain about. But then I think about it, and I'm like, what? Wait a minute. What just happened here? Aunt Maud let me pick out a really cute cage, and it had a stand, and we went to the store, and the parakeets come in blue and yellow and white and white and blue and different colors of green and different colors of blue and all these beautiful birds. I was so excited. I couldn't decide on one. So probably feeling a little guilty for Nancy getting a horse and me getting birds, Aunt Maud let me get two. Ay, ay, ay. In hindsight, that was probably the worst thing that I could have done. If you have one bird, the bird tends to bond more with you. You are its bird buddy. If you have two, they tend to bond with each other. And when you're trying to train them and whatnot, they get you know, a little frisky because it's two against one, and I don't know. That was my experience. So everything was fun in the beginning, but then they really started to pay attention to each other, and they got all frisky when I tried to clean the cage. At first, they'd hop on my finger, and I'd think, look at me, I'm training. Ow! And then it would bite me, and I'd be like, okay, maybe not. Maybe we're not training them, and I'd flick them off my finger. No big surprise. After a while, they thought of me as the big scary one that was coming to mess with their cage. So they literally started jumping on my hand and they don't just peck like a chicken. They were like biting me. I was like, cut it out. And then I started thinking, well, they're probably bored in that little cage. So I'll let them out. Yeah, that's a great idea, Barbara. Let them fly around your room. So I closed my door, I closed my curtains, and you can't forget to cover the mirror because they think, you know, they can just keep flying and they're like, bam, right into the mirror. And you close the curtains because the same thing with the windows, they're like, wow, wide open spaces, bam, into the window, and then they'll break their necks, likely. I let them out, and round and round the room they flew. First, they were going so fast, I thought, oh my gosh, now what have I done? How am I ever going to get them back in the cage? Well, lucky for me, that's where I put the food. So at night, they would go back into the cage, and I'd just quickly close the little door, and that would be that. And then the next morning, if I didn't let them out, they're like, brag, brag, making so much racket, going on and on and on. The routine began to be 
let them fly around the room. Well, what did I not think about you all? Yeah, poop. There was, you know, they poop little, but there was a lot of it. A lot of little poopies. And they were pooping on my curtains. They were pooping on my pillow, on my bedspread, on my stuffed animals, everywhere across the back of the bed. It was not good. They were getting to be little smarty pantses, like they were getting super territorial. Territorial means this is my area and what are you doing in it? Every time I entered the room, they would dive bomb me. They'd come lying down and I had very long blonde hair and they would like grab a piece, yank it out. Okay, this has gone far enough. One day I had gotten up. They were flying around my room. I went into the hall, closed the door, had breakfast, came back, opened the door, walked in to get ready for my day and they started dive bombing me and pulling my hair out. Well, enough is enough. As I was Dodging and weaving, I ran over to the window, flung back the curtains, which you might say, oh no, they're going to think they can go outside. Yes, they are. So I opened up the window, shoved out the screen, and said, just get out of here, <laughs> That's which is terrible, you all. I let domestic, which is like birds that have been raised by a person, I let domestic birds go out into nature. They're not going to know what to do. Is what I thought. Oh, yeah, these two were tough. They lived in the barn with the horses. They ate the grain from the horses. They nested in the horse stable. They flew around the apricot trees. And after a couple of seasons, I didn't see them anymore. So I don't know. I don't know if they became a hawk's breakfast or if they just moved somewhere else or if they just were not living in the barn and I just didn't see them anymore. I decided, okay, that is enough. I do not want parakeets ever again. Yeah, ever again until you grow up and you forget why you don't want them ever again. So then my sister, who and now she had both a husband and a parakeet, she decided to teach hers to talk. Well, Nancy was about a million times more patient than me. She would leave the TV on when she went to work and she would come home and because of the advertisements, the bird was whistling the Pepsi-Cola commercial song. It was so funny and it would just repeat it again and again. So then my sister thought, ooh, if I leave a tape recorder on and have it play back whatever I want, I bet you I can teach it to talk as well. And so that's what she did. She made a recording that said, I can talk, can you fly? I can talk, can you fly? And she just kept saying it again and again. And she went off to work with the recording left on. Well, it didn't take very many days at all. You would go over and you'd go, hi, hi. And the bird would go, I can talk. Can you fly? I can talk. Like, really clearly. It was so cool. So, of course, after Nancy showed me that, I thought, oh, I want a parakeet that I can teach things to. And, of course, oh, my gosh, I just remembered this. Of course, Johnny, King of the Rascals, was saying things like, oh, yeah, you should get a parakeet because then I can teach it to say, here, kitty, 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 and things like that. And I thought, oh, no, okay, that sounds horrible, but I'm still going to go ahead and get one. So I did. I had a friend who had parakeets, and she said, you can get them from me because mine just hatched out their babies. And I'm thinking, hatched out babies? That's amazing. I want to hatch out baby parakeets. You guys don't. 
do it. Oh my gosh. I went to her house and she had an awesome cage. It was called a flight cage. It was in her house. It was a cage built in her family room. It was tall enough for a human to just walk into. It had potted trees. She had a skylight above it. This was the coolest cage ever. It had one end. It had rocks with this little thing of water so they could take a bath. And there were baby parakeets. They aren't teeny-weeny. I mean, they're pretty big by now. When they're born, oh, they're not so cute. They have no feathers. They look like little blobs of melting ice cream with eyes. These ones had feathers. They were just so fresh and sweet. I picked out, of course not one, but two, because I thought, I want to have baby parakeets. Okay, well, so I got home. I did not have a flight cage. I had dreams of building a flight cage. I think my family was thinking, yeah, no, we're not having a flight cage in the house. Our house is not big enough to then put in a huge cage for parakeets. Probably a good thing. Here's what happened. I had them not a super long time. Like I probably had them six months and they were so pretty. One was almost all yellow with a little bit of green on it. And the other one was mostly green with a little yellow. So of course, that's why I got them because they were kind of matchy match mismatched. And I love that. Everything was great. These two were much calmer. I could put my hand in there. I'd talk to them. They'd climb on my finger. I'd feed them from my palm. I mean, it was just a totally different experience. I really did want to teach them to talk, but I wasn't very consistent. And that is what you needed to be. I was more of a, aren't they cute? Let's put them in the window to take their bath with a little dish of water. I did all the fun stuff, but I didn't want to stand there and go, hey, hey, say this, say this. It wasn't me. And I actually never got the chance because sadly, here's what happened. At the time of having these two parakeets, we also were lucky enough to have someone come help clean the house every two weeks. And in this particular instant, The oven was filthy dirty. It had been Thanksgiving and it was a disaster. It was coated with crud. It was super dirty, but we were lucky enough to have someone come and help clean. So while I went out to go grocery shopping, she stayed in and sprayed the inside of the oven with white foam, a full-on strong chemical. And it does say on the can, don't have your pets around. And the dogs were outside, but she didn't remember about the parakeets. And you all, it didn't kill them, but it gave them brain damage. I came home. The house was clean. The house cleaner was gone. She never noticed anything bad had happened. And I went over to the bird cage and I was like, "Uh uh-oh. They looked like somebody had put their heads on almost backwards. Both of them were looking behind them, like over their shoulders. And at first I thought, well, what are they looking at? And then I realized (gasps) it didn't matter which direction I went. They had to hop in a circle to follow me. They couldn't just turn their heads. The chemical smell had drifted through the air and being just a little tiny bird with a little tiny nose and a little tiny system, the smell had caused them permanent damage. If your head is now on sideways and you're a bird, how the heck are you going to drink and eat? You can't 
pack your food in front of you. You're trying to do it sideways. It didn't work. I ended up having to take them to the vet. And that was the end of those two parakeets, which I was traumatized. It was horrible. I was so sad. I didn't want to tell our housekeeper because I didn't want her to feel bad. She probably didn't even know we had parakeets. Time went by again. I had no parakeets. Everything was perfectly fun and lovely and nice. There's been so many times since then where I've thought, oh, I would love to have parakeets again. Well, somebody heard my wishes because one day, working on campus out in the garden, I had students run up to me going, Barbara, Barbara, there's a little bird walking across the playground. And I was like, a pigeon? What kind of little bird? Is it a baby that fell out of the nest? And one of the kids said, no, it's really pretty. I think it's I think it's yellow, and it's just walking across the playground. And I thought, what? So I went over there, and I had a little flower pot with me, and sure enough, it was a little parakeet. And so I put the pot down, and it climbed on my finger, and it was exhausted. It was so tired (laughs) at this point. I think if I'd been a cat, it would have said, eat me, I don't care, I'm too tired. So I picked it up, I put it in the pot. I drove to the pet food store, tried to see if they had any inexpensive cage I could put it in until I found its owner. They don't sell cages at that store anymore. The little tiny pet food stores are like, yeah, we haven't had cages in years. So I drove home thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do with you, but I'll figure something out. And I literally had it in the flower pot with something covering the top, which I'm sure it was in there going, hello, hello, is anybody out there? I'm in a flower pot. So I get home. There's something called next door on the computer. It is just what it sounds like. It's your neighborhood people. You can type anything there looking for, I need dog food. I'm out tonight. And somebody will for sure have dog food. In this case, I said, I have a parakeet. Emergency, emergency. I need a cage. Well, what do you think? A next door neighbor who I had not yet met used to raise parakeets and she had tons of cages. So she had me go over and I literally got to pick a very nice cage out, brought it home. She had food. She had the little food cup. She had the water container. She had it all. She even had toys. So I set up the whole thing and put the little bird in there and it was like, wow, this is amazing. It was so happy not to be walking on the playground and to be able to have everything right there. Honestly, you all, I don't want another parakeet. At that point, I had three dogs and I had chickens and I was going back and forth to school with chickens and goats and it was too much. I told the kids at school, if anybody's parents will let them have the parakeet, I know where they can get one free and it's got the cage. So lucky for me and lucky for this little bird, one of my students had a mother who loved parakeets and had had parakeets when she was younger and she really wanted the parakeet. So they came over, I gave them the cage, I gave them the whole setup, and off they went. Before too long, I was getting pictures of the little parakeet. 
parakeet walking up and down this little girl's head while she was doing her homework, sitting on her pencil, walking across her pages. They were a match made in heaven. They were getting along so well, but they were going to be going on a trip. The family was going to be gone for almost a month. At the time when they had adopted this little bird from me, I had told them, if you ever go away, I'll be glad to watch them. So what do you think? I got to have the bird back, which I love. Three weeks of fun and not the lifetime responsibility. That sounded good to me. Back came the little bird whose name was Judy with two E's. We could tell Judy was a boy because of the markings on their face face. If there is blue on the bridge of their nose, that means they're a male. I put him in my office where the sun hit him and it was lovely. And the little girl said, make sure you let him have his flight time. He's going to need to get out and stretch. And we do that about once a day for two hours. And I was like, what? You mean I have to let him out? Being that I had such great experience with that when I was little. Okay. And then her mom said, and you've got to cover all the windows. And I looked up and I thought, uh-oh. In my studio where this little bird was staying, there was one big window above the desk. Then there was another huge window about 10 feet long and about a foot high at the highest point that ran along the top of the ceiling looking out to the backyard. And then I had a huge skylight about two feet by two feet right above my desk. And I thought, oh dear, that's a lot of covering. How am I going to do that? But there was no other room in the house that this little bird could exercise. So I got newspaper and I got that blue tape that's sticky but peels off very easily. And I just started taping everything in sight. Yeah, everything except the mirror. I forgot about the mirror, you all. I have two mirrors on the wall because otherwise the room would be too dark and the mirrors catch the light from the windows and bounce it all over the room. I forgot about the mirrors. I set Judy's cage on my desk and I opened up the door and I was like, Judy, Judy, and Judy would sit on my finger, so that was good. So I brought Judy out and he just took off flying around the room and I said, oh, Judy's having so much fun. And just when I said fun, Judy flew into the mirror. I gosh, you all. It was just like, boom. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've killed the bird. Nope. Judy just stood up, thankfully shook himself off, started flying around the room again. I lunged to the mirrors, grabbed the blanket on the couch, threw it across the mirrors, ran and got the tape, taped the blanket to the wall and thought, boy, oh boy, was that lucky. Judy was so funny. Judy would come sit on my shoulder, walk across my head, climb onto the computer. Well, as I sat there, I thought, I wonder if I can teach Judy to talk like my sister did her bird. If I could get Judy to talk, what would I have Judy say? And here's the trick, you all. If you're teaching your parakeet to talk, choose only a few words at a time and only repeat them five times in a row. Then walk away, you know, 10 minutes, a half an hour, whatever, and come back and say the words again. Oh, I'll have it introduce itself. So I started saying, I am Judy. I am Judy. I am Judy. 
And Judy would sit there and tilt his head back and forth and back and forth listening to me. And oh my gosh, you all, it's so interesting. Then he started practicing. I was doing the dishes and I could hear him. When we were in the kitchen, I would put his whole cage on the kitchen counter so he had company. And he would be there. Judy, Judy, Judy. That's not right. Mumbling to himself, which was so funny. It was little parakeet mumbles. It was just like, and then I'd hear, and I thought, what? Did he just say Judy every day? Five times in a row, I kept at it. I would say, hi, I'm Judy. And then he full on started saying, all right, I'm Judy. And I was like, what? Mind blown. It was so much fun. You can teach him to say all sorts of things. And then I started working on the classic. I can talk. Can you fly? I can talk. Can you fly? And then one day, what do you hear? I can talk. I can talk. It was so cool. My experiences with parakeets improved a great deal with Judy. And it was so fun when the owner came back to have her bird be able to say, Hi, I'm Judy. It was so cool, you guys. Do I want another parakeet? Uh Uh-uh, no way. No, 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 no. I do not want a parakeet. I don't want a rabbit. I don't want any more animals. I never thought I'd say that. But for now, no more animals. If you're going to get a parakeet, make sure you have the time for it and teach it to talk because it's a hoot. I'll see you later. Bye.